What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host, like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
tuning in from Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five spots of the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your host with the most, G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka Greginator, aka Rookie Podcaster of Queens, New York. And this is Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast that you're listening to and rocking with right now. Episode six. And we thank you for joining us today on this show today. Now, if you miss any previous episodes of the of the podcast, don't worry. It's the, the videos is going to be on Twitch. However, I'm going to export the videos to YouTube because Twitch is deleting videos in 14 days. So that's why I wanted to save the videos so you guys could could watch it in the link in the bio of the meticulous vibe juice podcast um page where it says link tree slash meticulous vibe juice podcast and when you go there you're gonna you're not only gonna see twitch but you're also gonna see a youtube channel that says meticulous vibe juice podcast on youtube so go there comment subscribe Enable alerts so you don't miss anything. And and also be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave a like and a comment on the episodes, including the topics, topic reviews. Also, don't forget to share the podcast along with your friends. I I made an announcement that I'm going to start putting some um episodes on streaming platforms starting tuesday coming up so it's going to be tuesdays thursdays and saturdays it's again tuesdays thursdays and saturdays you're gonna get the audio episodes all right i got you um stay but stay tuned for the streaming platforms that i'm gonna put it on um i'm not I'm 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 not ready to put it out right to put out the stream platforms quite yet until everything's settled and official. All right. So now that I got that out the way, our first segment is musical aid, and this is a segment about the music artists pertaining to pertaining to singers and rappers. But today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the bodies of work of singers. Two, I may add, has to do with um, Sade and Donnell Jones. But first, ladies first, we go with Sade. All right. Now let's now let's get into this. Okay. Um. So. Helen Falasade Adu, um, born January 16, 1959, known professionally known as Sade Adu, or simply Sade, is a Nigerian-born British singer, songwriter, and actress known as the lead singer of her, um, for her band. 
Um, forgive me if I can't pronounce the E word. I'll look it up later. Um, one of the most beautiful, one excuse me, one of the most successful British female artists in history. She is often recognized as an influence on contemporary music. Her influence on music was recognized in the UK with an award of the OBE in 2012, no, 2002 to be exact, and a CBE in the two, 2017 birthday honors. Um, let's see. Um, we're not going to get into the alma matter and all the other stuff, but we will go over. Um, okay. Born in uh, Abaddon, Nigeria, and brought up partly in Exodus, England, from the age of four, Sade studied at St. Martin's School of Art in London and gained modest recognition as a fashion designer and part-time model prior to joining the band Pride in the early 1980s. Wow, I didn't know she was Niger. I didn't know she was Nigerian. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you, you learn something new every week, you know? Um, where did I leave off? Oh, okay. After gaining attention as a performer, she formed the band Sade and secured a recording contract with Epic Records in 1983. A year later, the band released the album Diamond Life which became one of the best-selling albums of the era and the best-selling debut by a British female vocalist in July 1985. Sade was among the performers at the Live Aid charity concert at Wembley Stadium. And the following year, she appeared in the film Absolute Beginners. Following the band's third and fourth album, Stronger Than Pride, in 1988, and Love Deluxe, 1992, they went on hiatus after the birth of Sade's child. While the singer experienced widespread media coverage for unsubstantiated claims of mental health and addiction issues. Hmm. Yeah, I always stress about um self care in my other podcast show, um because self care and taking care of yourself as far as your mental health is very important, and 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 sometimes if you don't take care of yourself and you catering to other people, you're not going to be happy in the long run. So I just feel like you know, you know, taking care of yourself is more important. Than trying to please other people. You get what I'm saying? Um okay. Um, after a spell of eight years without an album, the band reunited in 1999 and released Lovers Rock in two, 2000. The album departed from the jazz-inspired inflections of the of their previous work, featuring Mel male owner sounds and pop compositions. The band then underwent another hiatus, not producing music for another 10 years until the release of Soldier of Love, 
Following that album's release, the band entered a third period of extended hiatus and have only released two songs, Flowers of the Universe for, for the soundtrack of, of Disney's A Wrinkle in Time and The Big Unknown as part of the soundtrack for Steve McQueen's film Widows to date. Now I don't I don't know if I want to go over the early life, but um I don't know if I should do that. Um I don't know if I should do that though. Um yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna do that one. I'm not gonna do early career. Y'all could look it up for yourselves. Um okay, let's see. So we go to the legacy and impact. The New Yorker describes Sade's voice as a grainy, um, a grainy contralto full of air that betrays a slight ache but no agony and values even imperfect dignity over a show of pain, a deeply English quality that makes categorizing the artist artist's voice difficult her voice was described by the bbc as husky and restrained and compared to singer billy holiday bbc called her songwriting sufficiently soulful and jazzy yet poppy funky yet easy listening to appeal to fans of all those genres Sade has been called a pop star with the musicians in her band. Sade, the New Yorker wrote, in quote, created one of the most profitable catalogs in pop. The band's easy sound backing songs, exploring the heavier lifting inside love, commitment, consistency, friendship. Her success has been attributed to a combination of her unique beauty, seemingly indefinable origins, and mysterious persona. Sade's work has influenced and been recognized by many singers and hip-hop artists. Rapper Rakim of Eric B. and Rakim stated he grew up listening to Sade's music and was influenced by her voice and style. Rakim has also referenced Sade's song Smooth Operator in his rap song Paid in Full, 1987. Tyler Kweli stated he learned about pre precision from Sade due to her performance of Love Deluxe in its entirely at Madison Square Garden. Rapper Missy Elliott cited Sade's performance of Smooth Operator as one of her favorites. Hip-hop group Souls of Mischief Stated they grew up listening to Sade's music. Hang on, guys. <clears throat> Aim is hot. All right. All right. Where did I leave? Okay. Hip-hop group Tanya Morgan also described Sade as one of her 
no, excuse me, one of their favorite artists. Other rappers to recognize Sade include the former rap duo of Clips, which is Malice and Pusha T. In reaction to the new, the newly released album Soldier of Love, rapper Kanye West wrote, um, in quote, this is why I still have a blog. To be a part of moments like this new Sade, how much better this than everything else. Rapper Rick Ross stated in an American, no, in, in, excuse me, Rick Ross stated in an interview that people may know my infatuation with Sade. There's never been a, a bad Sade track. I love all different sides. American singer Beyonce calls Sade's music a true friend and an inspiration. The late singer Aaliyah said that she admired Sade because she stays true to her style no matter what. She's an amazing artist, an amazing performer, and I absolutely love her. Um, American R&B singer Brandy has cited Sade as one of her major vocal influences. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. Heavy metal singer um, Greg Pusciato also named her as an inspiration. In 2019, Spanish Formula One driver Carlos Saints Jr. developed a habit of crooning the chorus of Smooth Operator as his celebration at the successful drives to the extent that it became a running joke among motorsport fans and an unofficial Formula One anthem. Um, yeah, um, let's go to the honors, the awards, and nominations. Um, Sade was appointed officer of the Order of the British Empire in 2002 for services to music and stated her award was a great gesture to me and all black women in England. She was pr promoted to commander of the same order um, in the 2017 birthday honors, also for services to music. Um. Okay. So studio albums, like I mentioned, um, Diamond Life, 1984, Promise, 1985, Stronger Than Pride, 1988, Love Deluxe, 1992, Love is Rock, 2000, Soldier of Love, 2010. Now, let's see. Let's see. Okay, there's been some tours. It's been some tours of Diamond Life, um, 1984. There's been a tour for um, Promise, 1986. Um, tour for Pride, no, excuse me. Tour for Stronger Than Pride, 1988. Tour for Love Deluxe, um, 1993. Tour for Love Is Rock Tour, 2001. 
And last, Sardane Live um, Tour 2011. Um, Let's see. Now, I don't know. Well, let's see. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to go over the uh, further reading part. Um, We're going to go to our next singer, which is Donnell Jones. All right. Donnell Jones is an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. He is most notable for the hits You Know What's Up, Where I Want to Be, and his cover of Stevie Wonder's Knocks Me Off My Feet. Jones' first studio album, My Heart, was released in 1996, but he is best known for his late 1990s release of his second album, Where I Want to Be. Age 48. Um, let's see. We go over to his music career. Jones is the son of a gospel singer and was was raised in Chicago, Illinois. He later met DJ Eddie F of Heavy D and the Boys and signed with Untouchables LaFace Records, running hits for Usher and 702. 1986 to 2007, Breakthrough with LaFace. In June 1996, Jones released his debut album, My Heart, on LaFace Records. While most of the album was produced by Donald Jones himself, it also featured help from Eddie Farrell's um, Untouchable Entertainment production team involving Mookie, Marks, Sparks, Kenny Tonge, and Darren Whittington. All right. <clears throat> um, okay. A moderate commercial success, it peaked at n- number 30 on Billboard's top R&B and hip-hop albums, but failed to reach the upper half of the, bill- of the U.S. Billboard 200. Its first two singles, In the Hood, and a cover of Stevie Wonder's 1976 ballad, Knocks Me Off My Feet, became top 30 hits on the hot R&B, hip-hop songs, as well as the New Zealand singles charts. In 1999, Jones enjoyed major success with the release of his second album, Where I Want to Be, which is one of my favorite joints, by the way. Boosted by it, hit single You Know What's Up which peaked at number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100 You Know What's Up was a global hit peaking within the top 10 of the charts in Belgium Flanders <laughs> Flanders <laughs> not to be confused with Ned Flanders from the Simpsons folks <laughs> the Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom in the latter country, you know what's up, entered and peaked at number two on the UK singles chart, where it remained for two consecutive weeks behind the masses against the classes by Manic Street Preachers and, quote, Born to Make You Happy by Britney Spears. Where I Want to Be peaked at number six on the top 
R&B hip hop albums in the United States. The album produced three further singles, including Shorty Got Her Eyes On Me and Where I Wanna Be, the latter of which number two on the Billboard's Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs charts and was eventually certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America for sales in access of 1.0 million copies. In 2000, Jones recorded the song I'll Go for the soundtrack of the romantic drama film Love and Basketball which earned him a Black Rear Award nomination for Best Original or Adapted Song. The same year, he was also awarded an American Music Award in the Favorite Soul R&B New Artist category. Jones um, retained with his regular team of contributors, including Eddie F., Sheldon Good, Jamie Hawkins, G. Wise, Kyle West, and Darren Lighty to work on his third album, Life Goes On. Released in June 2002, it debuted number three on the Billboard 200 at a number three on the top R&B hip-hop album chart, becoming his highest charting effort yet. A steady seller, it earned gold status from the Recording Industry Association of America. Its three singles were less successful. However, though lead single, You Know That I Love You, became a top 20 hit on the R&B charts. Jones' fourth album, Journey of a Gemini, was released in 2006 and marked his first album to include a diverse roster of collaborators, including production credits from Tim and Bob, Sean Garrett, Ryan Leslie, Tank, Mike City, (laughs) don't ask, and the underdogs. It became Jones' highest album chart charting album on the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums chart where it topped at number one while entering the top 20 on the Billboard 200. Wow. 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 Okay. Um, 2009 to the present, independent releases. In 2009, Jones released Lost The Lost Files, a collection of unreleased songs that were recorded between 1996 and 2004. Through his own label, Candyman, <laughs> not to be confused with the movie, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Candyman Music Incorporated and TuneCore. Serving as prelude to his next studio album, The Lost Files, failed to chart. Lyrics Jones' fifth regular album was released in September 2010 via Candyman and E1 Music. Chiefly produced by Jones himself, it debuted 
debuted it and peaked at number 28 on the U.S. Two, Billboard 200 and at number nine on the top R&B hip-hop albums, becoming his fourth entry on the latter chart. Lyrics produced two singles, including Love Like This, which reached the top five of Billboard's adult R&B songs. Jones' sixth album, Forever, was released in July 2013. Another project conceived under Candyman and E1 Music, it debuted and peaked at number 20 on the Billboard 200 and reached number eight on the top R&B and hip-hop albums. Um, the album spawned two singles, its title track, which peaked at number 14 on Billboard's adult R&B songs. In 2016, Jones premiered the single Never Let Her Go, a collaboration with rapper David Banner. In support of the single, he went on a promo tour during spring 2017. In 2018, Jones provided vocals, produced, and co-wrote on 23 by Jaquees off the album 4275 in 2018. In 2019, Donald Jones collaborated with John B on the debut um understand. Uh, yeah, the duet, excuse me, duet understand. He also announced plans for an upcoming album to release in 2019 during an appearance on the Soul Back RB podcast. Uh, I didn't even know there was a podcast about that. I might check that out um, later. The pro the project called 100% Free was expected to be released in December 2020, but eventually came out on digital services and for free on his official website. On February 14, 2021. Nah, I don't think nah. Damn. He didn't have any um awards, so there's nothing to go over. So um now our next segment goes to the Chillax um Man Cave Popcorn Lounge. All right. Um, this is a segment about the the TV shows and the movies that that we either we grew up list list watching and and from old school to new school. All right, but in this case, last episode I actually. Um, review Don't Be a Menace with the Reigns Brothers alongside with the TV show. So, in this case, we're gonna we're gonna review we're gonna review Scary Movie and Scary Movie Two. So here we go. So, Scary Movie is a 2000 American comedy horror film directed by Keenan Ivy Wayans. The film is a parody of multiple genres, including the the horror, slasher, and mystery film genre. 
Um, so, hold on. I'm sorry about that, folks. I had to sneeze. Um, okay. Several 1990s films and TV shows are also spoofed, and the script primarily follows the plot, the plot of slasher film Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. The film has mixed reviews on Metacritic and grossed $278 million worldwide on a $19 million budget. The first installment of the Scary Movie film series, it followed by four sequels. Um, let's see. All right. So, I'm not going to go over the plot. Um, you guys can look at it for yourself. Um, and I'm not going to go over the cast. You guys could look at it for yourself as well. Let's go to parodies. Much of the humor of scary movie relies upon specific references to other contemporary films. Roger Ebert remarked in his review that, in quote, to get your money's worth, you need to be familiar with the various teenage horror franchises. The two films on which the script is most heavily based off screen, and I know what you did last summer, utilizing the general narrative arcs of both films and featuring comedic recreations of key scenes. The backstory in which the teenagers are responsible for accidentally killing a man following a beauty pageant recalls the same plot point in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Major references to Scream includes the identity of Ghostface and the murder of Drew Decker in the opening scene. A reference to the opening scene of Scream in which the same thing occurs to the character of Casey Becker played by Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Additionally, the characters of Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer are heavily mirrored in the film. And the title Scary Movie was originally the working title for the project that would eventually become Scream. Many scenes and jokes par parody or reference other films outside the horror film genre. The fight between Cindy and the killer heavily mimics The Matrix, particularly its use of bullet time. The final scene in which Doofy stops um, feigning his disability and drives away with Gale is a takeoff of the final scene of The Usual Suspects. When asked about her favorite horror movie, Drew answers Kazam due to Shaquille Neal's acting. Cindy becomes aggressive and roars um, Say My Name during sex with Bobby. Similar to the sex scene between Michelle and Jim in American Pie. The movie theater scenes shows a screening of Shakespeare in Love and a trailer for a fictitious um, sequel to Amistad titled Amistad 2, with elements of Titanic also appears in the movie theater scene. 
The film also makes the other pop culture references beyond the scope of the film, such as the parody version of Sarah Michelle's Gela character, um, Helen Shivers, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, being named Buffy, which is a reference to her character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Others include a brief reference to Dawson's Creek, Candy Camera, I still remember those um, TV shows, in a, parody, in a parody of the What's Up ad campaign by Budweiser. Um, okay, the tagline for the movie's poster was No Shame, No Mercy, No Sequel. When Scary Movie 2 was released a year later, the tagline for the sequel was we lied <laughs> oh shit <laughs> damn way to mislead people man <laughs> films parody i know what you did last summer scream scream 2 um the sixth sense um the blair witch project the shining the Matrix, and Unusual Suspects. Okay. The screenplay was developed by Sean Waynes and Marlon Waynes with Buddy Johnson and Phil Booman, writers for the sitcom The Waynes Brothers, at the same time. Mary Max was developing a spoof of Scream scripted by Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer due to a WGA decision all six writers were accredited despite Friedberg and Seltzer not actually working on the film script. Okay. We go to the music section. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. So, according to professional ratings, um, all music gave it three stars. The soundtrack to Scary Movie was released on July on the 4th of July of 2000 through TVT Records and consists of a blend of hip-hop and rock music. Uh, so the track listing goes like this. Too Cool for School, um, Fountains of Wayne, The Inevitable Return of the Great White Hype, Bloodhound Gang, Stay, Radford, The Only Way to Be, Save Ferris, my bad, Islander. Punk song number two, Silver Chair. <laughs> oh man, um, everybody wants you, Unbanned, um, Superfly, Bender, <laughs> not to be confused with Bender from the Futurama cartoon, guys. <laughs> um, I want to be sedated. The Ramones, Scary Movies, Bad Meets Evil. About You, Tupac Shakur, Top Dog, Yaki Gaddafi, Hussein Fatal, Nate Dog, and Drew Down. I Want Ya, Black IPs, What What, Public Enemy, Film Me, Rodiga, Rampage, and Rock. And the last song of the soundtrack is I'm the Killer, Lifelong and Innocent. Now we go to the reception. Box office. Scary movie opened the 
um, theatrically in the United States on July 7, 2000 on 1,912 screens and debuted at number one at the box office, earning $42 million, $42 million, $346,669. It's opening weekend. The film ultimately grossed $157,019,771. Um, domestic domestically and earned another $121 million. Um, in other markets, making it a massive commercial success. Now we go to the critical response. Um, the film received mixed reviews from critics. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 53% based on 116 reviews and an average rating of 5.5 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, in quote, Critics say scary movie overloads on credit and grossness to get its laughs. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 48 out of 100 based on 32 critics. Um, indicating, quote, mixed or average reviews. Audiences polled by cinema score gave the film an average grade of B minus on an A plus to F scale. <laughs> Joe Layden of Entertainment Weekly said that the film was unbounded by taste inhibit inhibition of or poli political correctness and that in quote the outer limits of R-rated respectfully are stretched if not shredded. By contrast, Roger Ebert did not find the film as innovative, saying that the film lacked the shocking impact of Airplane, which had the advantage of breaking new ground. However, Ebert gave the film three stars out of, out of four, saying it delivers the goods, calling the film a raucous, satirical, Attack on slasher movies. Bob Legino, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, felt that the film's crude humor detracted from the film, saying that scary movie dives so deep into tasteless humor that it's a wonder it landed an R rating instead of an NC 17. Other reviewers, such as A.O. Scott of the New York Times, argued that the jokes were annoying less for their vulgarity than for their tiredness. Scott remarked in his review, couch-bound pot smokers, prison sex, mannish film gym teachers, those what's up, Buzzweiser's commercials, hasn't it all been done to death? <sighs> okay. Um... Okay, listen to me. 
I remember seeing Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2, right? Which is the next one I'm going to review, right? To say that the to say that the film is like what tasteless and whatever whatever shit scenario may be, to to be to be quite crispy clear with you, especially especially to to those critics out there who don't really don't really understand comedy, don't really understand humor and stuff like that. It, it just goes to show that you're that you're just you're just heartless. You don't know how to open. You don't know how to open your mind to things. Everything can't be old school all the time. This is not the 1980s and the 1990s anymore of all the, 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 the deaf comedy jam era. This is not it, man. I mean, come on. Like, I bet you, I bet you when you watch Scary Movie 2, which I will review next, <laughs> I bet you it will be it'll be pretty funny for you to watch. Instead of you talking about it's tasteless, like come on, how about watch for yourself and and not be a fucking biased bastard, okay? I'm I'm tired of stupid critics acting like that they know everything and they know all the answers and stuff. I'm I'm tired of that shit. To me, that's just like a, a heartless bastard move right here. Okay, now that I got my rent out the way, um, I'm going to go to the next movie, which is going to be Scary Movie 2. Now, um, Scary Movie 2 is the next goal. All right, Scary Movie 2. Here we go. Scary Movie 2 is a 2001 American parody comedy horror film directed by... Kenan Ivy Waynes. It is the sequel to Scary Movie and the second film in the Scary Movie film series. The film stars Anna Faris, Regina Hall, Sean Waynes, and Marlon Waynes, um, as well as Tim Curry, Tori Spelling, Chris Elliott, Chris Masterson, Kathleen Robertson, David Cross, and James Woods. Ooh. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I sounded like that, but the film is the last in the series to feature the involvement of stars Marlon and Sean Waynes and director Keenan. Marlon would eventually go on to produce a similar horror themed parody, A Haunted House, and a sequel, both starring himself in the latter film. Wayne's pokes fun at the scary movie series decline in quality after his family's departure. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Where the original film was mainly based on another slash of films of the 1990s scary movie two parodies and array of supernatural and haunted house films from various decades, namely The Haunting, 1989, The Exorcist, 1973, The Amityville Horror, which I didn't know the film took place in Long Island. <laughs> Shit, 1979, The Poltergeist, 1982, The Legend of Hell. <laughs> Hell House. Oh, shit. 
1973, House on Haunted Hill, both the 1959 and 1999 versions, the the, the Changeling, 1980. Um, it also spoofed some contemporary films such as Hannibal, 2001, and Hollow Man, 2000. Scary Movie 2 was commercially successful, grossing $141.2 million. Dollars. Um, worldwide from a forty-five million dollar budget, but received hot, largely negative reviews. Oh gosh! As again, we go to the parodies. Okay, so the parodies of movies has to do with House of Haunted Hill. Dirty Harry, um, 1971, The Exorcist, 1973, um, The Legend of Hell House, 1973, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, 1975, Rocky, 1976, Up in Smoke, 1978, The Amityville Horror, 1979, The Changeling, 1980, Poltergeist, 1982, Clue, 1985, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986. Night of the Demons, 1988. It, 1990. Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> 1984. S- Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 1996. Twister, 1996. Dude, Where's My Car, 2000, Final Destination, 2000, Hollow Man, 2000, Mission Impossible 2, 2000, What Lies Beneath, 2000, Hannibal, 2001, Save the Last Dance, 2000. Okay. So the production side of things. Um, The film is a sequel to Scary Movie. And yes, according to director Kenny Nine Wayne's, the filmmakers watched over 130 horror films for background research. Marlon Brando was originally originally cast as Father McFeely and comp- and completed one day of filming before he had to leave the production due to illness. He was replaced by James Woods, who was paid one million dollars for four days work carlton heston has also turned down the woods role at one point former president bill clinton who had just left office the year the film came out was also considered because mary max was not greenlit had not greenlit the sequel until the massive box office success of the first um, the film faced a punishing production schedule that involved coming up with a script and tearing through production and post-production in a total of less than nine months, roughly half the average time for all those steps to be completed on a standard Hollywood production in 2000 and 2001. Hold on, guys. <clears throat> 
right. So we go to the music section. Um, unlike its press predecessor, the film does not have an official soundtrack. If it features a heavy hip hop and rap catalog with some rock and techno songs. Okay, here we go. Um, we got Hello Dolly, Jerry, um, Herman, Shake Your Ass, Mystical, Tutubular, um, Bells, Mike Oldfield, Sorry Now, Sugar Ray, You Know What's Up, Donald Jones, Graduation, Friends Forever, Vitamin C, Let Me Blow Your Mind, Eve featuring Gwen Stefani of <clears throat> No Doubt. History repeating. Propeller Heads featuring Shirley Basie, Fever Richard Marino, and his orchestra. Insane in the Membrane, Cypress Hill. Smack My Bitch Up, The Prodigy, Skull Splitter, Head Noise, Ride With Me, Nelly featuring City Spud. Saw Erotic Casey Crown featuring JD. When It's Dark, Trace featuring Neb Love. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so Scary Movie 2 opened on the 4th of July weekend. Same as the first one. <clears throat> um, and ranked the top spot at the U.S. box office with $20.5 million. Um, <clears throat> in North America, in North America, <clears throat> the film grossed $71.3 million with $69.9 million internationally. The worldwide gross comes to $141.2 million. Um, out of the scary, out of the first four scary movie films, this was the least successful to date until the fifth film in 2013. Oh gosh. You know, the last three scary movies probably bombed too. That's why I didn't see those three. <laughs> oh man. Um, so critical response on Rotten Tomatoes, the film had an approval rating of 15% based on 109 reviews with an average rating of 3.38 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, in quote, instead of being funny, this gross out sequel plays a sloppy rushed out product. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 29 out of 100 based on 25 critics. Indicating generally unfavorable reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average of B on an A plus to F scale. Home media. The film premiered on DVD on December 18, 2001, with an array of special features including commentaries and various deleted scenes. It was later released on Blu-ray a decade later on September 20th, 2011, after Lionsgate purchased Miramax and Dimension Films 
catalogs. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. What else? We're going to do our last topic of the day, which has to do with one of my favorite TV shows in the new school. So we did the old school um, films and the old school singers. So we go to the new school TV shows. Now, one of my favorite TV shows that I've been currently watching for three seasons has to do with The Rookie. And I'm glad it's getting a fourth season. I'm glad it's getting a fourth season because, you know, every TV show that I watch is always going to end with a cliffhanger. But thank goodness it got it got renewed for season four and it's coming now September 26th of 2021. Yes. So without further ado, let's let's get into this. The Rookie is an American police procedural drama television series created for ABC by Alexi Harley. The series follows John Nolan, a man in his 40s who becomes the oldest rookie at the Los Angeles Police Department. The series is produced by ABC Studios and Entertainment One. It is based on real-life Los Angeles Police Department officer William Norcross, who moved to Los Angeles in 2015 and joined the department in his mid-40s. Now, you guys could look up the cast stars of the series. I'm not going to say who. I don't want to say who it is. Actually, you know what? Why not, man? So this genre is a police procedural crime drama action. So the cast stars Nathan Fillion, Alyssa Diaz, Richard T. Jones, Titus Macon Jr., Mercedes Mason, Melissa O'Neill, Afton Williamson, Eric Winter, Mikhail Cox, and Sean Ashmore. Now, I'm not going to go over the executive producers and stuff like that. You guys can look it up for yourselves. So, so here we go. The series stars Nathan Fillion, Alyssa Diaz, Richard T. Jones, Titus Macon Jr., Mercedes Mason, um, Melissa O'Neill, Athlon Williamson, McKay Cox, Sean Ash, Ashmore, and Eric Winter. The Rookie premiered on October 16, 2018. The first season ran until April 16, 2019. The second season ran from September 2019 to May 2020. The third season ran from January 3rd to May 16th of 2021 of this year. Now, I already gave you, I already mentioned the uh, the synopsis already, so I'm not going to go over the premise. Um. I'm not going to go over the premise and I'm not going to go over the episodes so you guys can watch the episodes for yourself. So I'm not, this is not, this is not a spoiler review, man. This is, this is something way different. All right. So production development on October 26, 2017, ABC announced a straight to series order for the rookie starring castle star, Nathan Fillion. And written by Castle executive producer and co-showrunner Alexis Har- Harley. Fillion and Harley serve 
as executive producers, along with Mark Gordon, um, Nicholas Pepper, Michelle Chapman, and John Steinberg. The series is produced by ABC Studios and the Mark Gordon Company and premiered on October 16, 2018. On November 5th, 2018, The Rookie was picked up for full season of 20 episodes. On May 10th, 2019, ABC renewed the series for a second season, which premiered on September 29th, 2019. On October 28th, the series received full, a full season of 20 episodes for the second season. On May 20th, 2020, ABC renewed the series for a third season, which premiered on January 3rd, 2021 of this year. Hang on, guys. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> yeah, on May 14, 2021, ABC renewed the series for a fourth season, which is set to premiere on September 26, 2021, as I stated um, in the beginning. Now, I already went over the casting. I'm not even going to go over the filming, which takes place in Los Angeles, obviously, so I'm not even going to go into all that. So, um... All right, so the release, um, The Rookie is broadcast in the United States on ABC. The first season aired on Tuesday, which the second season aired on Sunday. The Rookie has been licensed in more than 180 countries and territories. All media, the first season was released on DVD in Region 1 on August 27, 2019, and in Region 4, Australia on January 22nd, 2020. Now we go to the reception. Um, now we go to the reception, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not even gonna go over the rating shit. Um, critical response. The review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes reported a 68% approval rating with an average rating of 6.33 out of 10. Based on 22 reviews for the first season, the website's consensus reads Nathan Fillion's reliability, likable presence makes the rookie worth tuning in, even if the show around him isn't particularly memorable. Metacritic, which uses a weight, weighted average, assigned a score of 64 out of 100 based on critics, 12 critics to be exact, indicating genuinely favorable reviews and and that's gonna really do it for this for this show episode six now um tune in next time when i go over um the discography of the late is Marquis, who recently passed away on Friday um, due to complications. Um, it's it. I wasn't even I wasn't even prepared to talk about this until um, until my neighbor was just talking about it. So um, that's going to be discussed in the next episode. So for now, um, if you like what you heard, 
um, please feel free to show some love by making a generous donation to my cash app, which is dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign G M O capital G M O N E Y capital S T A C K Z 555. And however, um, I'm, I will keep you guys posted on the stream platforms of where the episode is going to be. So, um, it's going to be it's going to be posted on all your streaming platforms on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and maybe just maybe I might add another day like Sunday. I'm not sure yet. But it depends on how I feel. So, so um. <clears throat> anyway, you can follow this. You can follow me on Twitch.tv/slash GMoneyStacks555 Queens, New York, where you can where you're gonna see most of the videos on there. Even though it's gonna get deleted in 14 days, um, don't worry. I will export the video to the. Um, meticulous vibe juice podcast youtube channel page where you're gonna have where you're gonna have like not only not only five episodes but it's going to be six episodes going to be you know export it's going to be featured on the youtube um um channel page of meticulous vibe juice podcast so please go subscribe to the meticulous vibe juice podcast page be sure to enable alerts for more video content. Um, be sure to be sure to leave a like and a comment along with the episodes, along with the review topics that we discussed. That's going to be discussed in today's episode, future episodes. Um, also, don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. Also. Don't forget to share the podcast along with the YouTube channel, along with the Twitch links in the link tree slash Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast link on the page of Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, where you can follow the podcast page, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast on there alongside with my other current show that's doing well right now which is Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, which is a combination of Off the Meat Rack and Off the Chain. Um, also, you can follow me on my primary Instagram handle, which is gmoneystacks555 in Queens, New York. Now, um, now, if you have any ideas on, on the types of TV shows, the types of... Um, Movies, the types of music artists, old school and new school, dash a review. And which, by the way, let me just say this. Let me just say this before I go, though. Um, so we just reviewed the Dino Jones. We reviewed Sade. We reviewed um, we reviewed the, the 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 scary movie one, scary movie two. We reviewed um, the Rookie. So. Sade and Donald Jones's music, they're, they're classics. They are um, a masterpiece, and it's fire. Also, 
Um, the Wayne's brothers who were in Scary Movie 1 and Scary Movie 2. Classics, hilarious, um, fire, and of course, awesome. Um, now, the rookie, I like the, I like the casting, especially the diverse casting of different backgrounds. I have to say, man, when I first, when I first got attached to the rookie, when it came out in September years ago, I had to, I have to say, man, like this is, this was going to be the most, the most awesome, brilliant, um, most brilliant, um, awesome fire show, masterpiece TV show that I was going to ever, ever in TV history that I was going to watch. So that right there, and as I said, it did get a, re a renewal of season four. I can't wait to watch it. This, this is very exciting. So this deserves a round of applause. No, first I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do something better and then go to the applause right here. Give it up for the rookie right here for getting a review, a renewal of season four. And of course, it's going to get in a round of applause for keeping up with the for keeping up with what's going on in in current news or whatever. So so I gotta hand it to them, man, right here. So yes, fire, classic, and masterpieces. And that's it for this show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, episode six. Um, I'm G Money Stacks, man, and and stick around for the streaming platforms of 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 which um, particular ones that's going to be featured on. I will let you know. When it's going, I'll let you know in the post. So I'll keep you guys updated. So I'm out of here. Peace and one love.
check this out. If you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. First off, if you'd like to make a charitable donation to support Meticulous Vodges podcast to help it grow, you could you could give any amount will be appreciated. It's not about breaking the bank. It's about doing your best. So that's Cash App's um, dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. And like I said before, it's not about breaking the bank to make me happy. It's it's based on what you can afford. Now, when you on Instagram, you type in the search engine "meticulous vibe juice podcast." When you when you see the profile picture saying "meticulous vibe juice podcast," click on it, and it's going to take you to the show's page where it has the link in the bio where it says linktree slash meticulous vibe juice podcast and it's going to lead you to streaming choices after you click on it and the list goes like this we are on anchor audible amazon music breaker deezer player fm pocket cast pod friend Podcast Addict, Podchaser. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating in Podchaser and Podfriend for reviews. Tell us what you think about the episodes, what we should do better as far as what topics to talk about in the future. We are also on Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Don't forget to listen to Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, I need you to tell your friends to go grab the subscribe button, enable alerts on when the show goes on the air live via live stream, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, like comment on the episodes with the topics, share the the videos, tell a friend to tell a friend, rate, download your favorite episodes, and please share the podcast, including the audio streaming platforms with your friends. I'm G Many Stacks. Thank you for listening. Peace out. One love.